0: Hey guys, welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. I'm Judah Thomas, the lead pastor, and we thank you for joining us today as we discover what God's Word has to say to us. If you enjoy the podcast, we'd encourage you to leave a rating, review, share it with your friends or family, and we hope you enjoy today's message. But we started our series start uh, a few weeks back, and we've been talking about, you know, the foundations, the fundamentals of faith. And The reason why I felt like this was an important series for us to go through is because sometimes as uh, kids or teenagers, uh, mainly when we're we're children, we're handed a certain set of uh, beliefs. And and we kind of take those beliefs, and and we kind of believe certain things. God is good, maybe, and and if you do good things, you'll get rewarded. And we take these beliefs, but as we grow and get older, we start to realize that those beliefs that we had as a kid don't always translate well into the adult world. We believe that God is good, but then we see bad in the world. So we're like, how do we justify these two things? So, So we've been taking a look at some Different things. We we talked about uh, the big mistake and how how sometimes we do stuff and we stand up and say, "Oh, oh, I made a mistake." And, and how we kind of talk about really you make a mistake on a, on, a, on a math test or at school. A mistake is something that we make for for lack of information, maybe, or or maybe we didn't have an, we had the wrong information. We made a mistake. But what we've done in our life is far more severe than simply a mistake. It's We we made the mistake on purpose. And so we talked about that. And then we talked uh, a little bit last week about about Abraham and how God made Abraham right with God just because of the fact that Abraham chose to believe God and believe his promises. And so we're going to continue on this week. And, And the title today is Rules or Relationships? Rules are relationships. Anybody like rules? Anyone like rules? Man, no, a couple people like rules. Well, here's some rules from Connecticut, okay? This state here, here's some of the dumbest rules that we have on the book here. Okay, so here here, here they are. Get ready to break some laws. Um, for a pickle to be officially considered a pickle, it must bounce. Okay, so if you make pickles and they don't bounce, you're not allowed to call them pickles. Uh, it's It's Illegal to dispose of used razor blades. Okay, I don't know what you're supposed to do with them, but it's illegal to dispose of them. No one may use a white cane in Connecticut unless if you're blind. Um, Oh, this one's interesting. Any dogs with tattoos must be reported to the police. (laughs) So uh, stop giving your dogs tattoos. Um, It's illegal to pirouette while crossing the street. Uh, In Devon, Connecticut... In Devon, Connecticut, it's unlawful to walk backwards after sunset. So you can do it the rest of the day, but once the sun sets, no more walking backwards. Um, in in Guilford, uh, only white lights are allowed to be used in your display at Christmas time. So they only allow white lights, no colored lights allowed, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, in Hartford, you're not allowed to cross the street while walking on your hands. I don't see why not, but you can't do it. Uh, it's also illegal to educate your dog. Um, another dog one. Hey, here's a good one. It's illegal for a man to kiss his wife on a Sunday, okay? So keep it tame, guys. Keep it G-rated today. Balloons with advertising are illegal. Um, it's illegal to plant a tree in the middle of the road. Who would have thought? <laughs> uh, in New Britain, New Britain, Connecticut, fire trucks cannot exceed 25 miles an hour, even when going to a fire, okay? So I guess there's a problem there. In Southington, I live in Southington, silly string is banned. You know silly string in the cans? It's... Uh, In Waterbury, it's illegal for a beautician to hum, whistle, or sing while working on a customer. (laughs) Uh, In Bloomfield, it's against the law to eat in your car. And in Simsbury, it's illegal for a politician to campaign at the town dump. Now, uh, (laughs) it seems like a perfectly good place to campaign to me, but (laughs) apparently it's illegal in Simsbury. So, how many of us like rules we don't really like rules all that much, do we? We don't like rules, but they do serve an important purpose. In fact, think about it. Uh, games would would be pretty pointless without them. I, I, bought, I got some rule books. And you know what I noticed when we were getting these rule books? They don't even like to use the word rule on the book. Like like it has uh, the soccer coaching bible, you know, or or this one. Basketball for dummies. It says down here, oh, learn the rules and regulations, but they don't want to say it's, it's rules, or, or here's this on Arnold Palmer playing by the rules in golf. I mean, if you want to play a sport, well, here's a lot of rules that you need to learn, that you need to uh, figure out before you can actually play that sport. Well, in religion, there's rules. And, and maybe you've been brought up uh, in, in a certain uh, church or in a certain religious environment where you there was a lot of rules that you had to go by. And somebody made these rules. And somebody wrote these rules down at some point in time. And guess who it wasn't? It wasn't you, was it? Like, man, if I could have written the rules, I would have done a better job of it. Man, nobody likes rules unless you're the one that created them. You ever notice that? Man, if I create rules, I, I don't mind following them. But somebody else starts creating rules and, and imposing them on me, I don't like that anymore. No one likes rules unless they create them. Everyone hates these rules that are just forced on them. And, and these different religions, we talked about you know, the th- three of the major world religions last week. Uh, Christianity, Islam, and Judaism, if you didn't watch it, you can watch that online. But, uh, but, but in Islam, they have like the five pillars of, of Islam, and, and that's part of their, their rule system. And in Judaism, the Jews have the Ten Commandments, right? The Ten Commandments, and, and does anybody know all of the Ten Commandments? No, nobody knows all the Ten Like, most people could probably maybe give me three of them, you know, but certainly not all of them. But they had the Ten Commandments. But, but you know what's even crazier than these Ten Commandments? The Jews went through the, the written word that they had, and they, they figured out every time something was forbidden or something was said, oh, you can't do this, and they added them up, and they wrote them all down, and there was 613 rules, that the Jews had to follow, 613 rules that these folks needed to live their lives by. Christians, well, we have a variety of rules. A lot of times it depends on, well, well are, are you Catholic? or are you Protestant? Because, you know, we got a different set of rules. And, and, and even when you break down Protestant, I mean, you got you got Baptist and you got Assemblies of God and you have non-denominational and some churches even come up with their own rules all by themselves. And they have all these set of rules and, and you kind of got to go in, you got to figure out what the rules are. Am I playing by the rules? Am I in the club? Am I not in the club? And they get all these different rules. Well, what I've learned is that there's three different models of rules that we're going to be talking about. Three different models of rules. The first model of rules is like the family rules. Anybody have family rules, house rules? Some of you guys do. Man, you guys that don't have them, good luck. man. But, you know, family rules. We, we, I sat down with my kids uh, a couple months back and, and we said, we need to have some rules here. We need to have some things that we abide uh, by. And, 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 and here's how it worked. First... We had kids, right? We had these kids, these beautiful, beautiful kids, so sweet and innocent, <laughs> coming into this world. And eventually, we start saying, we need rules, you know? We, we got to take care of some issues here. We need to have some rules. But But here's the interesting thing about the rules. Family rules don't determine if you're in or out, right? The family rules are just like, okay, you're here now. We can't send you back, even though we might want to at times. We can't send you back. You're here, and as a result, we need to have some rules to bring some sanity into our home. We need to have some rules that determines, you know, what chores you do, and if we pick up, and what we clean up, and and what, you know, what we do together, and stuff like that. So these are the family rules. The next set of rules is club rules. Anybody in a club? Any club people here? A couple people are in clubs. I tried to get in a club. Man, this is this is crazy. Um, there's a club in, in, in my town, and it's called—I well, won't even say what it's called. Um, <laughs> it's a sportsman's club in my town, and, and you know you can go there and you can shoot guns and you can—I don't know—do fun stuff. So I wanted to get in this club, and, a, and you have to have a sponsor to get into the club, right? So, so they're like, okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna find you a sponsor. So I got a guy that sponsored me. Uh, A year later, I found out that the guy that sponsored me had already sponsored too many people, so I had to get another sponsor. So then I got another sponsor. Then they finally said, okay, you're you're number 75 on the list. 75 on the list means that, that the only way I can get to a point of actually joining this club is if 75 other people either die or don't pay their dues that year. So so here I am, I'm like praying that 75 people die. And and I'm like, I want to get into this club, and, and so I'm trying to get in. this club, I'm trying to get into this club, trying to get in this club. Like four years passed. Now, meanwhile. Now, this is, this is in Southington, and now we've started a church out here. So now we're like, you know, it'd be great to move out in this area. We could be closer to the church and closer to our friends and all this stuff. So we've been, you know, considering that, and like two weeks ago, I get a call. <laughs> and they're like, hi, Mr. Thomas. I'm like, yeah. They're like, this is whatever the guy's name is from whatever the club's name was. He's like, and we wanted to let you know that you're eligible now to be a member of our club. And I'm like, really? So, uh, so I start asking him some questions, and, I, and and the answers to the questions are like, no, sir, our, our bylaws don't allow that, and no, our bylaws don't allow this. And I'm like, man, like you got all these crazy rules. You know, honestly, like I'm getting ready to move out of town. I don't know what to do. And, and as a result, I. I lost my opportunity to get into the club. But, but it's okay because, you know, whatever. I'm like, you know, I don't want to be a member of a club. There, but, but here's the thing with a club. You know what a club is? They give you the rules and say, live by the rules and maybe we'll let you in. Maybe we'll let you in as a member. So, so club rules are different from family rules, right? Family rules, you're born into it. You're, you're stuck with us. But as a result, we're going to have some rules. Club rules Say, here's the rules, you gotta abide by them, you can be a member of the club. You stop abiding by the rules, and you're out. And this club's like that. Like if, if you don't abide by the rules, man, you're out. See you later. So so those are the first two kind of rules. The the second, I mean the third kind of rule is what we call like the neighborhood association rules. I don't know if you know what the neighborhood association rules are. Some of you might know, some of you don't know. It depends on where you live. The neighborhood association rules aren't written down. Nobody tells them tells you what they are. You move into the neighborhood. And you're like, "Wow, this is great!" Everybody comes and brings you a cake. Welcome to the neighborhood. You're like, "Wow, this is great, great." You know, about two years later, you know, uh, you, you didn't mow your lawn that week, and somebody shows. Excuse me, sir. Um, I noticed you didn't mow your lawn this week. Like, no, no, I didn't mow my lawn this week. It's like And I notice you have a, an old junky car out in the front lawn. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And, and I notice it looks like the, maybe you haven't seeded your lawn that well, and, and maybe your shutters need to be replaced. You know what I'm talking about? These are the neighborhood association laws. The laws, that they kind of spring on you, and, and, and now you start feeling like, oh, I don't know what the rules even are. I don't even know how to even live up to your rules. because You're kind of changing them on the fly. And sometimes our faith, we line it up with one of these sets of rules. For some people, faith in God, their religious experience is like like family rules. Oh, I'm accepted and and here's some rules. But for most people, it's probably more like the club rules. It's like, here's what you got to do to come to this church. Here's what you got to do, how you got to dress, how you got to talk, how you got to act if you're going to come here here. Or maybe worse, it's the neighborhood association where you come and you think everything is good and then boom, whoa, whoa, I didn't even see that I was blindsided by you're saying I'm doing something wrong now. You didn't even talk to me. Uh, You didn't even tell me what the rules even are. So these are the three different models of rules. See, family rules are are interesting, right? Because you might have had some family rules like don't run with scissors. And why do mom and dad say, don't run with scissors? It's not because, oh, you might break the scissors. Or maybe it's because, oh, mom and dad, they only want to run with the scissors and have the fun all to themselves, you know? <laughs> no, no. I mean, most of the family rules are there to protect you and to keep you safe. And if you break the rules, well, then you end up getting hurt. Here's the thing, write this down. Religion tends to focus on rules over relationships. Religion tends to focus on the rules over the relationship. So more like the club rules. But you know what I've noticed? Is that when you focus on a rule, you tend to break it. When you focus really hard on a rule, you tend to break it. Think about the first man and woman ever to live on this earth, Adam and Eve. They're in this beautiful garden. They've got all the food, everything they want. They're living the life. And guess how many rules they have? rule. Don't eat from that tree. Seems easy. But man, the more you focus on it, the more, well, what's wrong with that tree? What's wrong? But, but what if I want to eat? from? Who's he to tell me not to eat from that tree? I'm going to eat from any tree I want. And over time, focusing on the rule causes you to break it. See, having rules First off, it assumes that there's a kind of relationship, right? In a family, there's a relationship. In the club, there's a relationship. It's a different kind of relationship. Neighborhood association, there's there's a kind of relationship. So having rules implies a certain level of relationship. But then we begin to ask ourselves the question, how do I know if I'm in? How do I know if I'm out? How do I know if I'm I'm right with God? How do I know if I'm going to heaven? How do I know if I'm a member of the church? How do I know this? How do I know that? And, And it comes relationships. And what we see when we study the Bible is that God continually revealed himself, not through rules, but through relationships. You know, it's interesting because a lot of times when people look at the Old Testament, the Old Testament is the biggest chunk of the first part of the Bible. People look at the Old Testament and they think, and I used to say stuff like this too, like, oh, the Old Testament is all full of rules. It's all the do's and don'ts. It's all the rules. It's all the things you should do and you shouldn't do. But really, if you look at it closer, it's not really Last week we saw that, that, that Abraham had a relationship with God before there was any rules in place. Adam, he had a relationship with God, and then God gave him one simple rule. So Abraham, he had this relationship with God, and and God, you know, fulfilled his end of the bargain, and and, and they had he had uh, he had a son, Isaac, and his son Isaac had um, uh, Jacob and Esau, and Jacob he had twelve sons, and then from those sons became the twelve tribes of Israel. And at some point along the line, it was Joseph, and he had a coat of a lot of colors. And and through through a big turn of events, he became one of the leaders in Egypt. Right around the time a famine hit, so all his brothers, the twelve tribes of Israel, came and they moved into Egypt. And as they were in Egypt to survive this famine. The Israelites multiplied and multiplied and their numbers grew and their numbers grew. And over many years after everybody forgot about Joseph and what he had done, they said, wow, the Jews are getting so many that they're going to overtake us, the Egyptians, if we don't do something. So they, they decided to make the Jews into slaves. And for 400 years, the Jews were slaves to the Egyptians and then God had a relationship with a man named Moses. And the man named Moses came down and, 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 and he started to you know, talk with the people and befriend the people. And he brought all these plagues upon Egypt and saying, let my people go, let my people go, let my people go. And eventually the Pharaoh let the people go. And they went out. And God split the Red Sea, and they walk through, and they're going out, and they're in the desert, they're in the wilderness, headed to the promised land. And God says, okay, guys, it's time for some rules. It's time for some rules. And in Exodus 20, most people don't even know where the Ten Commandments are. Say Exodus 20. Exodus. Exodus That's where the Ten Commandments are. We're not even going to read them today, but that's where they are if you want to read them. Exodus 20, verse 1 says, then God gave the people all these instructions. Verse 2. Listen to what he says though first. He says, I what? Am. am. Now, he doesn't say, I will be. He doesn't say, if you follow the rules I'm about to give you, then I'll be your God. He says, I am. I am currently the Lord your God. I'm the one who rescued you from the land of Egypt. The place where of your slavery. He's saying, trust me. You had to trust me through these last Little bit of time. You had to trust me when the plagues were coming down. You had to trust me when, when I said you got to kill a lamb and, and you take the blood of the lamb and you sprinkle it on all around the door frame and, and we're going to come through and I'm going, to, I'm going to kill all the firstborn in Egypt. But if you got blood on your door, I'm not going to kill your firstborn. And they must have been thinking, like, what difference does it make? Well, who cares if I got blood on the door, if I don't got blood on the door? He said, just trust me, just trust me, just trust me. And, and here they they are and he said, tomorrow you're going to leave. Imagine that, 400 years. 400 years are there. And he said, tomorrow we're all getting out of here. Just trust me, just trust me. I want you, you to trust me and you'll find your deliverance. So they trusted him. And God gave them the Ten Commandments. The, the thing about the, about the Ten Commandments is this. The Ten Commandments... Write this down. Was a confirmation of, not a condition of, Israel's relationship with God. The Ten Commandments wasn't conditional. It wasn't saying, follow the Ten Commandments and then you'll be my people. He's saying, you are my people. I've already picked you. And as a result, we got to have some family rules now. Because you guys are acting up a little bit. And as a confirmation of our relationship, here's some rules. It's not conditional. You, my people, you haven't done anything to deserve this. I picked you. I picked you. I rescued you. This is a deal I had with your great-great-great-great-granddaddy Abraham, and I'm delivering you now. You're my people. We need to learn how to live together. We need to have some house rules on how we're going to behave. So that brings us the Ten Commandments. 1,500 years later, we fast forward after this law was given and a man named Jesus Christ walks on this planet. And what does he do? You know, before he demands anything of anyone, before he lays out his set of rules and requirements, before he does anything... He heals the sick. He makes wine at weddings. He stops the storms. He does things that no one else could do. He heals people of all kinds of crazy things. He multiplies fish and bread. And he's doing all that. He's not given a list of rules and requirements. And then he just basically saying, and trust me. Trust me. Trust me. One twelve. It says, but to those club members who believe me, right? Is that what it says? Not to the club members. He says, but to all, to all who believes me, to all who believes me and accepts me, he gave them the right to be the children of God. See, coming to God is not an issue of fulfilling a set of rules. Whether it's the Ten Commandments or whether it's the 613 mitzvahs that the Jews, you know, try to adhere to. Or or whether it's the, the rules that you heard growing up about, you know, bowing your head and closing your eyes when you pray. And if you don't do that, the prayer is null and void, you know. And, and, and there's all these rules that we accumulate, but he's saying, but to all who believe and accepted, not to the club members that obeyed the rules, but he gave them the right to become the children of God. This is not club rules. This is not neighborhood association rules. This is family rules. To think. Rules without a relationship becomes bondage. It becomes legalism. It becomes religion. Rules without a relationship. I'm just doing the rules. I'm just doing what you say. Oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to, to do a certain amount of these things. And I gotta do this, and I gotta dress a certain way, and I gotta act a certain way, and I can't do those things. Oh, if I do those things and that's bad, it becomes a bondage if there's no relationship there. And, and in fact, I've heard people say, Well, I just don't want to give my life to Christ because there's just so many rules. Maybe you've thought something similar. I don't want to go to church because there's so many rules. You know, I mean, in fact, a lot of of times when you go to church, they'll have like membership things where, okay, you can become a club member. and, And as a result of being a club member, well, you know, you can say you're a club member, but here's these rules to be a club member. And, and as, as we started to Thrive, we actually went down that path. Like, okay, we're going to have rules that have club members. And I said, wait a minute. Like, but the Bible doesn't say that. Like, it doesn't give us any rules. So people say, oh, how do you become a member? I'm like, it's all self-proclaimed. <laughs> if you say you're a member, you're a member. Welcome, you know. Because, because it's like, uh, we don't want to set rules over what God said here. He says anyone who's believed and accepted Him, they're, they're members, they're children of God. Anything that God requires, write this down. anything that God requires of you is evidence of His love for you. It's evidence. See, if God requires something, it's just like mom and dad saying, I want you to take out the garbage. <coughs> well, why is that evidence of their love? Because if you don't take out the garbage, at some point, it will be more garbage than anything else in the house. And and, and this will breed disease and insects and all kinds of number number of things. And and dad's got things to do and mom's got things to do and you have some things to do too. So take out the garbage. It's not just to impose a rule saying if you don't take out the garbage, you're no longer a member of our family. Now we might say that sometimes, but most of us don't really mean that. Um, these rules in a family are rules that show our evidence of our love for the family. So in Matthew 22, verse 34, there's some Pharisees. Now the Pharisees, let me just say this, the Pharisees were the guys that kept the rules. In fact, they were like the rule keepers. Like not only did they keep the rules, they were the ones that would let you know if you broke one. You didn't know anybody like that? You know, it's like whether it's a sport or whether it's this or that. I mean, I used to play basketball with people like that. And, and I was rough when I played basketball. Like, I had no problem, like, shoving somebody in there. Because I'm like, that's breaking the rules. I'm like, I'm not playing by your rules, you know. But if I'm not playing by the rules, I'm not really playing basketball correctly, am I? But here's some people, though, they just insist on, oh, you, you got to make, oh, I saw you messed up on that rule, huh? I saw you going 56 miles an hour in a 55. You broke the rule. Well, here the Pharisees. These are the guys that did all the rules, and they enforced the rules. And it says, when the Pharisees heard that he silenced the Sadducees, these were another group of rule keepers, with his reply, they met together to question him again. So the Pharisees... The rule keepers are like, let's all get our act together and we're going to come at Jesus and we're going to give him a question that's going to stump him. Because we know, every, we know all the rules. We know all of them inside. Now we've never even broken one. And here he says, verse 35, one of them, an expert in religious law. So this guy is like the expert of the experts. An expert in religious law tried to trap him with this question. I would have loved to see this. He says, teacher, which is the most important commandment of the law of Moses? Now, now, see, this guy, he's smart. He knows that there's more than just a 10. There's a 613. And he's like, what is he going to pick as the most important? And Jesus replied in verse 37. He said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. And now here, imagine this. Here is... The experts in religious law, they're saying, what's the most important command?" And he starts out saying, love the Lord your God with all your heart soul. Mind. And, and you know what they're thinking immediately? They're like, that's not written in there. That's not one of the laws. That's not written down anywhere. And they say, and love your neighbor as yourself. And then he goes and says, the entire law and demands of the prophet are based on these two commands and then they start to think about they start to ponder say, well the ten commandments one of them is to not have any other gods, not have any other idols, not to take the Lord's name in vain honor the Sabbath And like, well if we love God we're not going to do any of those things and, and if we love our neighbor as ourself I'm not going to kill them I'm not going to steal from them, I'm not going to envy them I'm not going to commit adultery. I'm not going to do all of these other things, and and, and Jesus is giving them the combination. It, it, it's like the law, all the laws was like this big safe, like a bank safe, and here they are. They're trying to, to figure out how do we get into the safe? How do we? How, this is just so overwhelming. We can't get into the safe, and they're trying all these things. And Jesus says, "Here's the combination." Here's the combination. You want to fulfill all those laws? You want to abide by all those laws? Let's get to the root of it. Let's get to the root of it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. And it goes on to say they they were pretty impressed. And they decided they weren't going to ask him any more questions. (laughs) Because it's like, man, this guy, he just knew his stuff. But you know what he's saying here? He's saying all the law and all the prophets, everything in the Old Testament, all those laws, write this down, they hang on relationships. Relationships. Loving God. Loving people. People look at the Old Testament, oh, it's just a bunch of rules. No, 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 no. It wasn't. It was relationship after relationship. Rules were never, ever the point. Not even once. You look at any major world religion, and and, and what's the point? Following a certain set of rules. But in Christianity, and and through the story of God, rules were never, ever, not even once the point. It was never, ever once. Our God has always been relationship-driven. He's always with Adam, with Abraham, with Moses, with with, uh, Joshua, with David, With all the prophets, it was a relationship. Because here's the thing. If we're loving God and loving people, there become no real reason for the rules. If I love you the way Christ says I should, then I'm not going to take advantage of you. If I love God the way I should, I'm not going to dishonor him in some way. Talk about the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do to you. But you know what most people think the golden rule is? Do to other people before they do it to me, right? It's like, I'm going to get you first. You know, my, I, I have twin cousins. They're big now, but man, I remember when they were little. And one of them, I remember this specifically, went up and, and punched the other one. He punched him. And, and and their mom, my aunt, went up to me and says, "Why did you punch your brother?" I says because he was gonna punch me. <laughs> it's like I'm gonna do it to you before you get the chance to. Do, and that's what people think. The golden no, no, no. The, the golden rule is doing for others what you have them do to you. See, it's the rule of love. If you love people, you're not gonna steal. You're not gonna kill. You're not gonna do any of these things. But see, it's not a rules based religion how many people love baseball basketball well if you love those things you gotta have a rule book you gotta know the rules cuz if you're if you're out there playing golf and you don't know the rules all you're doing is hitting a ball with a stick you're not playing golf right until you know the rules once you know the rules and you can do it. well you know what I was thinking I was like man and a lot of people, they look at the Bible as God's rule book, as Jesus' rule book. And I said, now, if Jesus had a rule book, it would probably have like four words in it. Jesus' rules. Rule one, love God. Rule two, love other people. That's what it comes down to. Loving God, loving other people. Because see, rules without relationship becomes bondage. (coughs) Rules without relationship becomes legalism and religion. It becomes we're tied up. Man, nobody wants rules imposed on them. And Jesus said, No, it's not about the rules, it's about the relationship. Jesus came and he gave a solution to the problem of the rules. To love God and love others. To love God and love others. If you're loving God and you're loving others, then all the rest of the rules pretty much take care of themselves. And that must have really uh, really irritated the Pharisees. Because they wanted all the rules. They followed the rules. And here's Jesus. He, he's wanting to go out and have a burger with people. With Zacchaeus, a tax collector, and he's going out with prostitutes, and he's going out with, with thieves, and he's going out with these people. And, and the Pharisees would look at him and say, How can you do that? And we say, Oh, well, it's no big deal. But back in that culture, man, if you had a deal with somebody, you know what that's saying to them? That's saying, I accept you for who you are. We have a relationship together man if Jesus was here now he'd be like let's have a burger let's have a pizza but but Jesus but you don't understand I I haven't lived up to all the rules he's like who cares about the rules let's have a relationship first let's have a relationship first then I'll I'll let you know what my rules I'll let you know what the rules are the rules are simple love God first and love other people but let's start with that relationship. And the Pharisees couldn't stand. They would never have eaten with these people. They would have never done that. But Jesus, He didn't care about their rules. But he, he, it's interesting that He says that He didn't come to destroy all the rules. He came to fulfill them. John 13, 34 just kind of reemphasizes what He said elsewhere. He says, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. You got all these rules, I'm giving you a new one. Just as I've loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. What proves to the world that you're a disciple of Jesus Christ? Is it how you vote? Is it the bumper sticker you have on your car? Is it the shirt that you wear? Is it the movies you watch and the the music you listen to? Is it because we take a stand for all kinds of different things? Or do they know that we're followers of Christ's disciples because of our love? Because it says here, your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. The last thing to write down is this. Rules don't make you right with God. Faith makes us right with God. Mm-hmm. And any rules that are there are just there simply to protect those relationships. To protect those relationships. You know, some here, you know, may, maybe you, you, you've you not been in, involved with church before and your perception was maybe something brought up as, as a kid of, of all these rules and are you in, are you out, are you good enough, are you, are you not good enough? It's not about the rules, it's about the relationship. And some here, maybe have followed God for a long time and we come up with own new set of Christian rules. You can't drink and smoke and hang with people that do, and you know, and all that stuff. And Jesus is not about those rules, it's about let's have a relationship. Father, we come to you and we thank you for your goodness to us, and we thank you for your love for us. We thank you that, that you didn't require us to follow a bunch of rules, but that you want relationship with us you want to have a relationship with me and father we give you our lives your word says that if we believe in your heart that you're lord and we say this with our mouth that we can be saved we can be made right with you through faith and if that's where you are i would just encourage you to say god you know i realize it's not about the rules i can't follow rules enough to make my way to heaven, but I put my faith and trust in you alone, in Jesus' name thanks for joining us today if you'd like to learn more about our church you can go and visit us at www.thrive.church if you're ever in the area we'd like to invite you to come and join us also if you enjoy the podcast we encourage you to leave a rating review share with your friends and family until next time may you grow deeper in god's word each day